You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hello, friend. Welcome to my first ever listener Q&A episode. I am so excited about the questions that we are going to cover in this episode. One of the things I am very passionate about in entrepreneurship is listening to your customers. So I know that not everyone who listens to this podcast is necessarily my customer, but it is a free resource for you as an OT or healthcare entrepreneur, and I want to listen to what you want to hear, what questions you have to help you in your business. So we're going to dive into, I believe I have five different questions. I will honestly tell you, I have not written out my answers to these. It really is going to be a little bit of a off the top of my head, fly by the seat of my pants kind of <laughs> Q&A session because I want to keep this real. I want to always have this podcast be a place where it is not a perfect picture of entrepreneurship. I want to pull back the veil. I want you to see the reality of my business and to know that I'm just a normal person, just like you. In fact, you're probably better than me at a lot of things. And you can do this. You can do this OT entrepreneurship thing. Now, before we dive into these questions that I know are going to help you in your business, I want to share a big announcement. I'm trying to control myself because I'm kind of a loud talker and this microphone is a very good microphone. So I don't want to overwhelm your lovely ears. But the big announcement is that the OT Entrepreneur Summit live tickets, the early bird tickets that are very affordable to save you money in your business, are now available. This is being recorded in September of 2021. And these tickets for Early Bird for the OT Entrepreneur Summit live event in Boca Raton, Florida from November 12th to the 14th, 2021 are available only until 9 p.m. Eastern time on October 1st, 2021. So if you are listening to this in the last few weeks of September, go to otentrepreneursummit.com right now and get your ticket. You can also go to otesummit.com because I got really sick of typing out the word entrepreneur and I went and bought that domain for OTE Summit. So you can go to otesummit.com. That will take you to the website too if your little fingers do not want to type in that annoying to spell word entrepreneur. So what is this event? What are we doing at this event? If you don't know about the OT Entrepreneur Summit, it is an event that Trish Williams of Trish Williams Consulting and I have planned for the last two years. We have done it virtually in 2020 and 2021. And right after that second event this year in 2021, May, people started asking us, when can we do this in person? When can we do this in person? 
So we're doing it. We're doing it this year, only 18 months after our first virtual event. And we are so excited about it. Again, I'm trying to keep my voice down so you don't have to turn the volume down on your podcast player. But we want to share why this is a big deal and really close to our hearts. Because right now, all of us really need to be together again. We need to reflect on what really matters. We need to take time to strategically plan for our business success. And we need motivation to keep going. All of us have been beat up by the last few years of stress and pandemic and struggle in our businesses. I need to give an aside. We know we can hold this event safely, and we've done a ton of work around making sure it is a COVID safe and taking major precautions against COVID at this event. So that being said, we know this is a safe thing, and we need right now more than anything as OT entrepreneurs, inspiration and fun and community and being together in a safe way. So we are so thrilled to be hosting this event. It is November 12th to 14th in Boca Raton, Florida. We specifically have handcrafted this event for OT entrepreneurs. This is the only event that we know of that is a live in-person event that was created for OT business owners by OT entrepreneurs, right? So we want to help you confidently grow and scale a successful business. We're going to deep dive into things that will help you do that, like mastering your mon- mindset to be a confident and well-compensated entrepreneur, building your business framework for high profitability and long-term growth. Yes, I'm reading this. Establishing the best systems to automate your business as much as possible. Systems are my favorite. Creating effective marketing strategy for your business, for a steady flow of new clients, and growing and leading a team so that you're not doing everything and you can maximize your business's positive impact in the world. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to otesummit.com and register now, right now. Register. Do not miss the early bird. Price goes up by $100 on October 1st, after 9 p.m. October 1st. So that's it. I am not going to belabor the point. You can go to the website and see everything there. And we are so excited and we can't wait to meet you in person. Okay, let's dive into the questions. So the first question is one that came to me in email, actually. And I think there is a lot of good content here for people who are thinking about business or if you have a current business thinking about what you're focusing on in your business and who you're serving. So basically, this was a person who wrote to me asking about my coaching program, which I'm not is not open for enrollment right now. So this isn't a sales pitch or anything. But basically, this person said, I'm interested in your Bedrocks program, but I just don't know if it's the time for me. I'm going to summarize so I don't read word for word. I have dropped to no revenue in my business because life sort of took over. I work full-time, I have a part-time teaching gig, and I have three teenage kids, two of which are going to college in the next few years. So this person wanted my perspective that I have, because I've had a lot on my plate, right? She said, I know your, I'd love to hear your perspective. You've, you've have a lot on your plate in the past. If you have words of wisdom or suggestions, I'd really appreciate it. I'm burnt out from working in my full-time job while pension is an important thing for the future, but I feel so is happiness and energy with regards to loving what I do. 
My hope is to develop a program that could eventually go national to promote the transition of teens into successful adult life. I'm going to not give a lot of details here. I don't want to give away this person's business ideas. But my right brain is filled with ideas and minimal structure to develop that. In nine years, I've made some decent side money, but nothing close to what I'd like to as a full-timer. Sorry for rambling. I've always been a DIYer, and I've finally realized after many years that you just can't constantly reinvent the wheel. Any suggestions are appreciated. So there is a lot to unpack here. And I told this person, now is not the time for you to enroll in my group coaching program. I wrote, working efficiently is something we work on in the program, and I teach how to manage a lot of the things that I do personally. But the program is designed for people who have the time to commit to building their business. It takes time to do that. And with a full-time job and a part-time job on top of that, plus parenting, I think you'd be adding too much to your plate to truly benefit from the program. And then this is where I'm going to go into some of the other questions. In regards to your other questions about business, at some point we have to decide to go all in if we're going to build successful businesses that can truly have an impact. And your mission is an important one because I believe in this person's mission, right? This is what I was trying to encourage them because I believe that that mission of helping teens make the transition to adult life, it is a field that is ripe for more businesses to be in, specifically in the OT profession. I believe that we need more occupational therapy practitioners moving into that niche of work because traditionally, my understanding from people that are doing that work is that it is a very underserved area. So to, so if that is something that interests you, that could be an excellent business, in my opinion. Okay, I said your mission is an important one, but you need to decide if the risks are worth the benefits to free up time to work towards it. There's much more that could be said, but that would require a lot of time and coaching. So so this is a common example of an email that I may get or a question that I may get that really requires coaching. I mean, there is a lot to unpack in the things that this therapist mentioned in this email, right? But ultimately, what I would say to this email is that you have to free up time in your life to be able to grow a successful business. It just isn't possible to be working full-time, having a part-time gig on top of that, having three teenage kids to parent and and also be building a business. Someone once said to me, you can really do one thing really well, two things fairly well, and three things pretty well. But after that, you really can't, no human can really manage that many things, right? So we have to focus to build successful businesses, especially what this person mentioned was wanting to build a program that could eventually go national and really I would even say even bigger than that, go international to promote teens transitioning into adulthood. Now, if you're going to build something like that, that you really want to take to a national and then international level, you have to spend the time developing it, right? That is not a little side project that is going to just happen with being a side project. You you need to have the time to focus on it. Now, you all know that I'm really big on saying small steps make great gains over time, right? So, so it doesn't mean that you can't work on something on the side, but at some point we do need to decide, are the risks versus benefits worth it. Like in my mind and what I'm learning now about, I'm learning a lot right now about investing the profits of your business and 
and also specifically about real estate investing. That's something that I'm just starting to dip my toes into. And really, I would I would refer people to Robert Kiyosaki's work. He's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It is a common business finance book that lots of people refer to. I've been listening to a lot of his podcast. I, I don't agree with everything he says politically. I'll just put that out there. But, but, but basically, he has a lot of financial wisdom to share. And one of the things that he is big about talking about is how the traditional system of investing in in 401ks and mutual funds and stocks and bonds is kind of a antiquated system. So I'll just leave it at that and and say that his philosophy is that we should be investing in assets to that are cash flowing, that provide cash into our personal and business bank accounts, <laughs> rather than kind of this long-term hands-off investing in things we don't understand really, like 401ks. So I, I'm not an expert on that, so I won't speak to it. But I do want to just drop that idea here because I do think that as entrepreneurs, we need to be thinking about generating cash flow in our businesses. And to say, you know, I really need a pension in the future. I really need a 401k in the future. I think we should flip that mindset and say, how can we invest in things that are producing cash flow right now? And that is our investment in our future retirement. So that could be a whole nother episode, but I just want to drop that resource of Robert Kiyosaki's work and his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all of his resources. He has like 20 books or something that he's written are a great place to dive in to learn about thinking differently about building wealth as an entrepreneur rather than being an, an employee and trusting in a pension plan or a retirement account to ensure your future well-being in retirement. So that is a perfect segue into our next question from Laura in our Facebook group, in the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group. She wrote, just like when I start services for an individual, I contemplate discharge criteria for the future. So I'm being a clearly focused provider. What are the factors as a business owner that I need to think about and plan for now for when I'm ready to retire or sell this business? So I think I kind of just answered this question a little bit to the level that I know how to answer right now, because again, part of this podcast is sharing my process and just being honest with you all when I'm learning things that could help you in your business. And this is one of the things I am learning right now is that our traditional way of thinking about retirement is totally whacked. <laughs> like the the traditional way of thinking about retirement, like I'm just going to sock away all my money into a retirement account and like, you know, put my hands over my ears and la 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 la, don't think about it and let the investors invest my money. And then cross my fingers and hope I have enough money for retirement is just so antiquated and generally does not provide what you need to live on in retirement. What it is better to do is to think about getting assets for your business. And this is the definition of an asset is something that produces cash flow on a regular basis, like literally brings money into your business or into your personal accounts, your personal bank accounts on a regular basis. An easy example is real estate. That's an easy example. If you do the math and learn about it, and this is something I'm learning is that real estate is not a sure thing, right? Like you don't go inv invest in real estate and just think that it's a sure bet to put money in your pocket. You have to learn and study and do the research to understand what you're doing and be a smart entrepreneur about it. But ultimately, I think we as OT business owners need to be thinking more about what does that mean to get 
cash flowing assets in our business. So I know that Brandon Siegel did an episode in his podcast about real estate and renting real estate back to your company. Basically, like you buy a building, right, with a business that you own, an LLC that you own, I believe, and then you rent back, that business rents back to your business. So you're essentially getting tax benefits from doing that. So you're renting space for let's say your therapy practice from a business facility, a, a building that you own, right? So things like that, that is how we need to be thinking. So that being said, thinking about cash flow producing assets, the other thing that came up for me with Laura's question here was that you need to be from the very beginning of your business thinking about what is valuable in this business. When I go to sell this business, can the business run without me as the CEO? And the way you do that is to create systems. You have to create systems in your business so that the business can run without you. Everyone is replaceable in a business, even you. Even you are replaceable in your business if you have very good systems in place. We are going to focus a lot on systems at the OT Entrepreneur Summit Live. And in all of my work that I do with clients, I focus on getting them to develop systems because that is what makes a business valuable to a potential buyer in the future when you are ready to retire. One last thing I would say is to think about branding. That is similar to having the systems in place, right? If you have a brand and you have a steady flow of clients because of that branding that you've done and the good marketing that you've done, that is going to make your business more desirable to a buyer in the future. There's a lot more I could say about that, but that's a good answer. And this podcast is already getting long, so I am going to move on to the next question, which is also from Laura. (laughs) She said, what was your experience that helped you identify a need for a non-traditional therapy service like Outdoor Kids OT? So if you're just tuning in for the first time, I run a nature-based therapy practice for children called Outdoor Kids OT. Um, You can see it online, outdoorkidsot.com. And the next part of the question was, and why do you think it became wildly popular? Well, thank you, Laura. I don't know that it's wildly popular, but I appreciate the compliment implied in that comment there. So I think there are a lot of things for me that made me know that this was a need, right? So I'll just share my process and because it's an example, I guess, and maybe can stimulate thinking for you if you're thinking about doing a non-traditional type of therapy service. We've all probably heard the niches are in the riches, right? So, or sorry, I said that wrong. The riches are in the The riches are in the niches. Did I say that reversed? Anyway, (laughs) so the riches are in the niches. So that is something that we should think about as OT business owners. And as OT business owners, we are so skilled at analyzing things and seeing very specific needs, right? The more that you can identify a specific need, the better in your business. So... What helped me was knowing that we are in an era of extreme, like more rapid than ever before in human history, technology development, right? And the more connected that kids get to technology, the more they need connection to nature. 
it is an antidote to so many of the problems that we see in children when children are overexposed to technology and on screens all day long. So for me, that was like a key thing in thinking about how this service would be of benefit to parents, because that is a real problem that parents have, right? And even more so than kids that are quote unquote, typically developing, our kids that have developmental challenges need nature even more. And so for me, it's very easy to see that this is a need that children have and to communicate that need to families was a, a, it, it felt like a surefire thing to me. I will admit what also helped was that I lived in an area where the weather was beautiful year round for the most part, although climate change is changing that with months of wildfires and smoky air and California. But the area where my practice is located, I actually live in Wisconsin now, but my practice is still in California. You know, that area, the weather was beautiful. So it was easy to start. I didn't have the objection of, well, what if it gets cold, which you can do nature-based therapy outdoors, even when it's cold, y'all. There's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. But that helped. And then also that I was in an area where cash-based practice was very common. That was the norm, right? So I kind of knew that if I developed a a niche service that met a need for families, that there would be a market for that. And I tested it. I tested it with current clients. So that is something I would highly recommend people do is just test it, you know, test it out with the kids or the the clients that you're that you're already seeing and get feedback from people, get feedback from real clients and talk to them about the need for your service. For the second part of the question, why it became wildly popular, I would say, again, I don't know that it that my practice is wildly popular, but I would say that the the trend of nature-based occupational therapy is wildly popular now. Like I am thrilled to see so many more therapists, you know, entering this area of practice because I think it is such a need. And when you identify a trend like that and you are an early adopter of that trend, your business can then become a mentoring space for other therapist in that space. And I think that's maybe part of the success of the business is that I really, from an early, early phase, was thinking about how can I help other therapists do this work because it is so needed. So the vision was always not just provide services, but how can we train other therapists and reach more people, reach more families and children and get them outdoors. So that is just a thought, you know, thinking about frameworks, which is another thing we're going to be talking about at the summit in November, is thinking about frameworks frameworks and how they help you grow your business. So that is having frameworks was essentially why my business has become quote unquote wildly popular. Thank you, Laura. Okay. Few more questions and then we're going to wrap it up. These were from the Facebook group. So Lisa asked, how long into your business journey did you recruit your first non-OT business support employee or contractor? What was their role and where did you find them? Uh, Nicole Storms is my practice manager at Outdoor Kids OT and my executive assistant helping me with all things on the back end of my businesses. She's incredible. I love her. Shout out to Nicole. She's so great. She's not available. I have employed her as full time as possible. (laughs) So I don't employ her, actually. She's an independent contractor. But I hired her right after I hired employees. So or no. Before I hired employees, actually, I hired her in January before I hired employees in the fall, I believe. Gosh, it's also foggy in my brain right now. 
I think I hired her right before I hired employees, or maybe I hired employees first. I can't remember, actually. (laughs) That's horrible. As I said, I did not plan my answers to these questions, so this is totally off the top of my head, and maybe I should do some looking at my books and the in the history of the business to remember if I hired Nicole first or after I had employees. Regardless, she's an independent contractor. She started out as an online business manager, kind of helping me with a little bit of social media and with the admin side of the business, like managing registration and customer service, and slowly has taken on so much in the business. I mean, she really is a key. She really does manage the practice for me. Um, and that is that is one of the key things that I often suggest to practice owners is that you have someone who is your practice manager who's managing all the details of the business. Now, I did all of that work, right? I did all that work and I created the systems around it in order to hand off to her all of the tasks involved with running the practice. So she runs payroll. She, oh gosh, I can't even think of everything she does. She runs payroll. She manages registration. She sets up all of the groups in our registration platform. She does customer inquiry calls. She makes our calendars for every year. I'm forgetting things that she does I I can't even remember. And right now, we're now actually scaling to where we have a VA, too, who's helping us with some more of the admin tasks that Nicole used to do because she's just gotten so busy and we need to up her pay next contract, Nicole, that's coming. So I would say that was probably two years into my business, maybe a year and a half into my business, but my business grew pretty rapidly and I was working part-time on the side teaching and running my business. So yeah, I think that answers the question. I always recommend to people to hire admin support first, okay? So usually as an independent contractor, because they're not providing a, you know, they're not an OT in your business, they're not providing a a service that would require them to be an employee. But, you know, they could be an employee as well. I won't go into details, but I could go a whole podcast episode about employee versus independent contractor. Go to irs.gov if you are in the United States and make sure that you are not hiring someone as an independent contractor who should be an employee. I will just give that warning. Um, I have not done that, but I know a lot of businesses have. So, so yeah. And I found her, I think in this group in the OT entrepreneurs Facebook group, maybe I posted that I needed someone. There are multiple groups out there where you can find people, but always you can go to OT entrepreneur, occupational therapy entrepreneurs on Facebook. That is the Facebook group that I moderate. It has almost 10,000 OT entrepreneurs in it. And you can ask there and generally there will be people in the group who know someone or who comment and who you can get connected with to find someone to help you with the admin pieces of your business for all those things that we need to outsource as our business grows, because you should not be doing everything. We're going to talk about team management at the summit as well. So join us in November (laughs) to talk about this in person. Okay. Brooke asked, how do you know when it is time to hire another OT? I will keep this answer short and sweet. You keep a wait list, a detailed wait list about people, about inquiries, people who have contacted you about services, a detailed wait list about when they're available, what service they are they would be enrolling for in your business, and when that wait list is big enough, you hire another OT. 
because you have to be able to, or it could be when you're so busy that you could hand off half of your caseload, essentially. That is what I would say. When you have a steady flow of clients and you have a wait list that you cannot serve the people, the the number of people that are coming to you. And I would say you need to follow that trend over the course of several months because sometimes referrals kind of ebb and flow throughout the year. So wait until you're sure that you have a steady flow of clients for that therapist before you hire. All right, last question. This has become a long episode, but I think it will be very useful to all of you. So I'm going to do this last question, and it is the perfect question to end on, a hopeful question, a beautiful question from Sarah Putt, our beloved host of the OT for Life podcast. Sarah Putt asked, what do you think the future of OT entrepreneurship is? How do you think this past one to two years has impacted that? Oh, my goodness. This question. I love this question. I'm going to think for a minute. So I will answer the first one, and then I may have to pause for a minute and think before I answer the second one. The first one, what do you think the future of OT entrepreneurship is? I would say unlimited potential. That's what I would say. That is my true feeling. In fact, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about this. (laughs) That's how passionate I feel about this, that the future of OT entrepreneurship is simply unlimited. I think that we have such momentum going right now in our profession with things like the OT Entrepreneur Summit, to be honest, like just the fact that we're gathering and we're able to, that there are enough people interested in entrepreneurship in our profession to have an event like this where we can all get together and talk about business as OTs. That to me is an indication that the future is very bright for OT entrepreneurship. I believe we are perfectly poised all around the world to have such innovative businesses that really, truly meet the needs of people in our communities. And so I think we're going to see a lot more non-traditional types of practices, a lot more niching of practices, a very specific focus in our businesses. And I think we're going to see a lot of OTs building wealth to help their families, to elevate the people that they're serving, and to do more good in the world. So that is that is what I see. I see us starting to think more like business owners and less like helpers. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Maybe I should say equally helpers and business owners. So thinking like helper business owners maybe is the, is the way I should say it. Because one is not better than the other, right? We we have to think like business owners to be running our businesses well and to have sustainable businesses that are profitable and personally fulfilling so that they can make an impact in the world. If we do not think like business owners, we will not have businesses. They will go under. <laughs> so I, I want to see us thinking like helper business owners. We can help people and make money and have profitable businesses. And I I see us starting to do that in our profession, and that makes me really excited. So I think the future of OT entrepreneurship is completely unlimited potential for skyrocketing growth, and I am thrilled by that. Okay, how do I think the last one to two years has impacted that? I think we need community more than ever after the last one to two years of the pandemic. I think 
in some ways, the pandemic really freed us. I talked a little bit about this in an episode I did on like personal reflections of like on like difficult things in my life. I'm not sure what episode that was, but it's probably back near like a little bit after the pandemic started, maybe sometime in 2020. Living in the in-between, I think it's called, if you want to search that at mindyourotbusiness.com. I think that the pandemic made many of us reflect on what is really important, right? Because we kind of were forced internal. We were forced to do a lot of reflection. We were forced to really face some demons, honestly, because it was a very low year for many of us, just with anxiety, depression, sadness, loneliness. So I think we really long for hopefulness and potential and dreaming big. You know, I think I think the pandemic can actually have a positive effect on our outlook about the overall future of OT entrepreneurship because we want to dream. Like we're longing for hope. We're longing for big dreams. We're longing for positive things, right? So yeah, I, I guess that's what I would say to that. I, I think that that the pandemic has been so hard for so many of us, and yet it, it forces us to reflect on what we really want out of life and out of our businesses and in our entrepreneurship. Okay, that's it. I love how this episode came together. All of these questions kind of flowed really well, and I might do this more often now because I had a lot of fun doing this, and it was very low prep and very easy. And I love that because... Sometimes podcasting is a lot of prep. So oh, thank you for being here. I really hope this episode helped you. I would love to have discussion about it. We always share the episode of the week in the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group. So if you are not there, come on over and join us. And let me remind you again to go to the otesummit.com and register for the OT Entrepreneur Summit live in person in Boca Raton, Florida, November 12th to the 14th, 2021. Oh, we can't wait to see you there. So take a small step from this episode. Something you learned, take a little small step because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.